right, I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. Guest at Pressure Points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is my beautiful little Starbucks drinking AJ. We're coming at you with season five, episode 15, Nuclear Nincompoops. AJ's taking it away with one of his favorite catastrophic disasters. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points of Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. It's more a genre of nuclear, or of, of, you know, horrible disasters. Yeah, I was really just trying to find something to say. Hey, I, good job. I said the intro and was like, fuck, I didn't I plan still have for seven any of this. seconds. Yeah. So here we are. Welcome back. It's uh, everyone's favorite holiday, Zombie Day. Yeah. Where we celebrate the resurrection of some, humans everywhere. Of some dude. Yeah. Um,. Also, in my defense, I don't normally, you know, enjoy Starbucks, but the local coffee shop, I put in a, an order with them, and then about 20 minutes later, they said, actually, we're not going to do this order, so go fuck <laughs> yourself. So, uh, yeah, I'm not super happy about it, but, you know, it gets me through, it gets me through the hangover. You just, this is purely a prop. There's actually nothing inside the Starbucks. Yeah, this cup. is actually it. Just it helps me feel calm just holding it in my and hand. This is the Starbucks cup that AJ bought from the Game of Thrones set that was on. Yeah, I won it in an auction. Yeah. <laughs> it was, was three point two million dollars. I'm in a lot of debt, so if you guys could subscribe on Patreon, I would really appreciate that. Oh Jesus. Oh, so you know how was your week? Uh, good. Yeah. I'm so fucking hungover today. Hell yeah. It's kind of typical at this point. I am not as hungover as I thought I would be. We got fucked up last night. we did. We just played video games. Yeah. Because we're fucking nerds. And then on the night before that, it was, we played until like fucking 4 a.m. almost. (laughs) We really need to start going to bed early. Nah, fuck it. Who cares? Me. Boo. I've got to drop out of school. I've got two finals this week. And then yeah. another one the next week. You're you're one of those college boys. You're supposed to be doing this. Yeah, but I thought Aren't you on Adderall like twenty four seven. I was gonna say I thought there would be a lot more Adderall <laughs> and cocaine. No, I am wrong. Uh, I've got no game. The people in my class are not selling me Adderall. Honestly, it's sad. Weak. That's the whole reason I went to college <laughs> was to get an Adderall hookup. Who would have known that an online college would have fucked you over like this? <laughs> Weird. Also, don't call it an online. College. It makes me sound like it's not real. <laughs> Besides, I have to go the ITT in. ITT tech is more oh, real God. than your college. No, I actually have to go in twice oh. a week. Ugh, trash. Oh, goodness, how trash. You oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, all right. So good. So yeah. sizzler. It was. Yeah, it's been a it good was one. so Raven. Yeah, it's it's been a good week for for AJ. Yeah, but we'll skip over all that. Yeah, we'll skip a, over to avoid any feelings, the and, sad stuff. Yeah, to to avoid any uh, any more reason to drink this weekend, <laughs> we'll skip over that. Uh, so so what's on the plate for today? I went down a rabbit hole that started with no. Yeah, what? shut the fuck up. <laughs> now I then. Uh, Oh, that's not how you spell it. Sorry, I meant to pull this up and then I forgot, and then I didn't. So, I, I started off, I found this 
some information about this catastrophe called the Nederland catastrophe. Man, I said are, that really weird. There are a lot of N words in this this episode so far. Mm. Are you gonna? <laughs> so, uh, in 1960, basically the Soviets were testing some missiles, some ICBMs, and the commander, essentially, of the I'm giving you the the Spark Notes version. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't actually put notes on this, but basically the commander was like, "We have to have this test done." On or before the anniversary of the Bolshevik Re- Revolution. Okay. So he pressured a lot of his, of the scientists, a lot of the workers. You know, the best thing that you, the most important thing and the most benign thing you can, you know, pressure, increase the deadline on is testing an ICBM. Yeah. So basically they had this launch site set up. They set up the missile. They were going to meet their deadline. Um, the oh. test site itself was surrounded in a chain link fence. And you know it's not going to be good when they're going to meet their deadline. Yeah. If there's a fucking deadline for ICPMs, it's not going to yeah. end well. So this guy and his entire crew was like, okay, sweet. It's all set up. You guys said it's safe. So we're going to launch this, but we're going to be pretty much on the, the missile pad, the launch pad. <laughs> oh. God. To watch it launch. Oh, no. So, you know, all of these, like, top-of-their-field ICBM scientists, like, Werner von Braun-level geniuses, and this commander were sitting there just off the launch site, and they hit launch, and everything exploded. <laughs> everything oh, burned. fuck. People... I love it. A, couple, a lot of the scientists were like, shit, they recognized what was happening because the people in front of them, much closer, instantly vaporized. Oh, in front of their eyes. So they turned around and ran. Oh, like that's really going to Into help. a chain link fence, which they were then vaporized oh against. The commander was vaporized. So it was basically just the scene out of the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they single-handedly pushed back their own ICBM program by a couple of years because... That was a lot of high-ranking scientists. A lot of knowledge was lost. They, they put that area it. back to pre-Bolshevik revolution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pre-World War II technology now. Just push them back. So if you're oh, if you're interested, they've got a really good Wikipedia page. It's on the Wikipedia page. It's not, as, it's not framed as ironic, but I think it's very ironic. So, yeah. Nuclear accidents, incidents... Ooh, All that stuff. It. And there's a ton. I probably oh, doesn't surprise didn't me. do 15 that I wanted to. Jesus. That I had already narrowed down a lot. So we're going to start with the stationary low-power reactor number one in uh, just outside of Idaho Falls, I think. Not oh. Twin Falls. Idaho Falls. I don't know if that's a thing. So Idaho Falls? Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, on my last anniversary, um, we were driving, we went to like Craters of the Moon National Park. I think it's a national park. And just in the middle of the desert, there was this huge billboard that said like Atomic History Museum, but it was closed. Otherwise, I definitely would have stopped. And it was just the weirdest thing because there was nothing around. Like looking down the road in front of the sign, there was nothing was and, the only thing that was left over. Yeah, and I've been trying to find it since then, which was almost a year ago. It was a fever dream, AJ. Uh, well, it just seemed like such bait for me. 
Like, so, like if the CIA was trying to attract me to a place in the middle of the desert, just tell me there's an atomic history museum yeah, out there. Yeah, really, though. And I will go. If so, there are no trees in an atomic history museum, AJ will be there. Yeah, and it, it was just so weird because the sign was like, it looked brand new. It was like in pristine, shiny condition. I like this seriously. This does sound like a fucking fever like train. It sounds like I was like being abducted by aliens or something. Like it was so weird. So I finally found it, and it's they actually turned this reactor uh, accident that I am going to talk to talk about into a museum. <laughs> there was just a man in a suit with no face holding a sign. Yeah, yeah weirdly enough, <laughs> holding an entire billboard. <laughs> I don't know why, but it really intrigued me. He was wearing a leather trench coat <laughs> that seemed to breathe. <laughs> so, January 1961, this reactor is a military experiment. They're just like, how do we, you know, harness nuclear power? They were just figuring it out. Um, these experiments led to Arco, Idaho, being the first city fueled by nuclear reactors. Okay. <laughs> so... This is actually also the first reactor, as far as I could find, in the world to produce a usable amount of electricity and energy. Huh, nice. Cool place, kinda. So, there were three dudes in with the reactor, they're doing their job. One of them was a trainee, one of them's a supervisor, one of them's, you know, the, the heel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were doing their job, which was to pull the central control rod out just a few inches... Uh-oh. Um, it has something to do with changing or with the... They, they were doing some kind of maintenance. Oh, no. So the whole thing is the central con control rod, you pull out just a couple inches, like three inches. Oh, great. Well, somebody... It, the guy who was pulling them out was actually standing on top of the reactor because you had that's the only way to get access to it. And he pulls it out like three and a half inches, and instantly it went critical. <laughs> like, that second... With it, with the three dudes in the room, His, one of them being trained on and, how to do this correctly. And a girl that he was trying to date was there, and he was like, no, trust me. Three inches is a lot bigger yeah. than you think it is. Yeah, just look at what half an inch does. <laughs> Critical reaction. <laughs> so in four milliseconds, the reactor went from, it was producing around 400 kilowatts. Within four milliseconds, it produced 20 gigawatts or gigawatts per second in four milliseconds like that is a massive energy expenditure the fuel that was in the core instantly vaporized which caused 10,000 oh, psi to release because water got mixed in there so it just kind of turned to steam 10,000 psi it actually launched the entire <laughs> the entire reactor vessel like the huge metal um, reactor into the air by nine feet. <laughs> it was uh, so strong. To this day, if you actually look in the correct area with a telescope, you can see the guy, the the grunt he's, worker. He's in the he's, air. He's still flying. Really close to the Big Dipper on like March 9th. You can see him oh, still floating up there. He didn't quite make it that far, <laughs> but. Yeah, imagine you're riding a, a giant piece of metal machinery. <laughs> that that gets that launched launches nine feet, nine in the feet air. into the air. So it also caused the shield plugs of the different like rods to launch out at 26 meters a second, which is 85 
feet per second. Jesus Christ. So they just, they pop off like a champagne Ooh. bottle. And these are pretty long shield plugs. And so instantly at the same time, water and mixed with radioactive debris just sprays over the room. Just Oh, good. And all of this happened in about four seconds. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> one the guy who was standing on the reactor who pulled the rod out, he was actually impaled by one of the shield plugs. Oh, it went God. through his groin and out his shoulder. It makes sense because he's standing over it. It pinned him to the ceiling. Oh! He was impaled into the ceiling. Through the gooch. Oh yeah, through the gooch. Damn. Uh, the two others, one of them was knocked down by the, or they were both knocked down by the water pressure, just blasting out, killing one of them instantly. The other guy survived. In okay, fact, so ceiling gooch man, did he survive? No, fuck no. Oh, he was damn. dead on impact. I, I was hoping he was stuck there for a half a second. I mean, probably. Just just to see everyone's face. <laughs> so this, the other guy, he had like bleeding in his brain. He's knocked out he's in shock he's fucked up (laughs) and it just seems like such a common thing (laughs) the temperature gauges in the room that read the temperature had been malfunctioning and sending um basically false positives out for like the last three days okay so the firefighters who were on the scene basically went to the you know to the reactor and they're like oh this is probably fake so they just start to walk up and their little radiation detectors start going crazy. Uh-oh. They say, ooh, so they put on air tanks so that they're not breathing in the radiation. They put on their gear, come back. Their second round of radiation detectors maxes out. <laughs> oh, God. And they hear somebody moaning. <laughs> oh. And everything's wet. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. So they end up, like, he ends up dying because of the bleeding eventually. But they, they get him out. They, there's a rescue crew who goes in. Some, some of them are physicists. Um, and there's a bunch of malfunctions with their equipment. Mm-hmm. So one of the people, one of the rescue workers actually takes off his, oh, his breathing Jesus, mask no. to get this guy who would end up dying anyway. But it was, it was a very like, you know, a very selfless moment. He ended up being fine. He, oh, he, he was lucky enough that he probably took some iodine beforehand so luckily he was fine but they ended up building like this weird contraption to get the guy stuck off the ceiling it actually took them like two hours oh i'm sure to realize there was a dude impaled in the ceiling because he was so maimed um the guy it's only because somebody was walking through one of the doors (laughs) through the middle of the room and that drip blood just dripped on there and they're like what the fuck it's like out of a horror movie and the, the guy who had survived, he, uh, he was brought into the ambulance. They start doing, you know, emergency care. They are not given radioactive, like, protective equipment, radiation protective equipment. Um, he dies. They call him, like, on transport. And then they're like, oh, shit, there's a lot of radiation on this dude. So they leave him and the ambulance just in the middle of the desert oh, for a couple shit. of days. They just leave him there. <laughs> just let it wear off. In fact, they were so damaged that they had to do an autopsy before they could identify who was who. Oh, my God. Like, they were fucked up. Um, yeah, and because it was in the middle of the desert uh, in Idaho, it released 80 curies of iodine-131, and they were like, oh, it's fine. 
And then 1100 Curies was also ended up being released through the into the atmosphere. But they were like, ah, it's fine. It's Idaho. It's Idaho. There's no one around. Those people don't even know where the fuck it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. So that that one was my favorite one because I drove by that place once. We, we need to find that <laughs> we museum. We need to go there. I'd be down. I found it. I got the coordinates from this. I just want a picture of that guy stuck to the I, ceiling. That's yeah, it. they have them in the gift shop. They're on postcards. <laughs> you can buy them like a, it's like a little crucifix, but instead it's him just like <laughs> just him pinned to the a, a ceiling. pole that goes from his fucking asshole to his shoulder. Exactly. And then into the ceiling. <laughs> and then on to the necklace. <laughs> so in uh, February 22nd, 1977, the KS-150 reactor in Czechoslovakia. It's a heavy water-moderated gas-cooled reactor. Basically, they use the heavy water as the fuel, kind of, and then it's cooled not by water, not by air, but by CO2. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I don't know what that was. Previously, before this date, a fuel rod <laughs> had pressurized somehow and launched down the hallway. <laughs> Just oh, spreading fuck. a ton of radiation. So they fixed it. Then a couple months later, they did a, you know, a routine fuel change. And okay, so you know you buy new shoes and they come with those little silica gel packets. Yeah. They say do not eat because they, they don't want they you like... to gain power. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, "Oh, we don't want you to breathe too much oxygen," which is what those really are. They don't they don't dry things out. They give you more oxygen. They, yeah, and they so let you utilize your more muscles, of your you would get brain and muscles. Huge. Yeah, you get jacked, and yeah. your brain gets They're, jacked. I call them Hulk pills, and I've been taking yeah. them since I was seven. And I mean, look at me. I'm yeah. fucking huge. You're jacked. <laughs> so, <laughs> turns out the fuel rods were actually shipped with a bunch of those little silica packets to keep them, you know, dehumidified. So they go to change the fuel rods, and one of those little gel packets breaks open and falls into the slot where the fuel rod's going. They didn't have a procedure to actually look inside the slot and clean it out, so the guys were just like, okay, we'll just keep keep going, whatever. Yeah, it turns out those little packets blocked where the CO2 would come into the area to cool it, which means the fuel rod wasn't being... cooled so it kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter it caused the heavy water to mix with the coolant oh that's good it created a bunch of steam and pressure and basically just melted a bunch of shit and so all, all the radioactive elements in the heavy water were just vaporized and sent into the atmosphere oh and it was the God. worst uh through the you know when it was that it was the worst czechoslovakian <laughs> nuclear incident of all time Jesus, fuck that. So, and then we're going to move into just really dumb shit, because generally I like to cover the ones that are completely preventable. Did you see that? That's the Idaho incident. Oh, that's great. A photo of, like, when it actually exploded. Yeah, that was the... And that's no, the no, guy. that was the steam after. The little black yeah, that, spot that's him. <laughs> no, that, that was taken after uh, when they were trying to clean it up, essentially. Oh, I yeah. see. When they showed up, they were like, oh, there's a bunch of steam coming out of the roof, but it was like six degrees. So they figured it was fine. You should post that, though. Okay. So now, in 1950, there's a B-36 airplane, and the whole idea is it's going to fly out, it's going to fly, and simulate dropping a bomb on San Francisco. 
because the math set up. What the fuck is up with scientists and just (laughs) shitting on (laughs) San Francisco? Francisco, (laughs) So it, it like from their base, which I think was in Alaska, they would do a 24 hour flight simulation with a nuke on board. And like the distance from their base to San Francisco was equivalent to a military target in Russia from the base. Oh, I see. So that that was the idea. (laughs) They're like, they've been fucked over before. Let's do it again. Yeah, whatever. So they had a Mark IV nuke with 5,000 pounds of conventional explosives, a ton of natural uranium. But don't worry, the plutonium core to facilitate the conventional explosive to trigger the nuclear explosive, they they had a fake one. (laughs) So, you know, those 5,000 pounds of explosives, that's nothing. That's yeah, fine. Ain't shit. So they're flying around doing a 24 hour mission, and a bunch of ice builds up on the carburetor air intake, and half the engine shut down. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so they, they do what any good crew will do, and they said, We're not going to make it back with all this extra weight, so let's just jettison the nuke off. Oh, God. So they just launch it. They have no idea where it went. <laughs> to this day, it was the first documented lost nuke. Oh, God. They shot it into the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. They fucking jettison the bomb. They bail out. 12 of the 17 make it. God. So five of them die. One person, like, couldn't eject. He didn't have an ejector seat for some reason, but everybody else did. And, they yeah, they never found the bomb. It took them a long time to find the plane and to find the survivors. But they figured most of the people who died... um. Like, when they bailed, they landed in the ocean. It got hypothermia instantly and died. So, you know, that's great. It just landed in fucking Idaho. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Fuck Idaho. So, now the NRX reactor in Canada. This was December 12th, 1952. (laughs) So, they were testing. You know, this was was in a lab. So, they're like, okay, let's test this new air cooling method. We'll turn the reactor down real low so it's super low power. We'll take off the water, the water oh, cooling that no. we're already using, and we'll use this air cooling. This isn't going to go well. So they're testing it, and it seems like it's doing fine. I mean, it's a very low power test. And the supervisor of the test realizes, why are some of the fuel rods, like, being taken out <laughs> while we're running this experiment? What the fuck is happening? Is it because the air pressure is getting so fucking high? He goes to the basement and there's an operator taking out the fuel what? rods, like using the machinery to take out the fuel rods. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, <laughs> Why God. are you taking these out? He's like, I'm just doing the regular maintenance. It was scheduled. Oh, or some, Jesus. some stupid shit. So while, while they're fucking running tests, yeah, he's just on an experimental air cooling oh, system my that, God. It, yeah. So he also started opening just random valves. <laughs> so the supervisor's like, what the fuck are you doing? He starts closing the valves back down. He's like, he calling back to the to While the he's room. closing on the dudes <laughs> opening, opening the other. Exactly. <laughs> he calls, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. He calls back to the, to the uh, control room and says, lower these back down. Like, put these back in. <laughs> and they're, they're getting like, they're not hearing anything. Yeah. It's cutting out. Yeah. Fuck. So... There's a, a miscommunication, and it takes a long time everything, to drop these fuel rods back down. Everything above them has melted down. <laughs> it's just completely Smooth. flat, and they're, they're now sealed in the basement. <laughs> 
So they, God. it was so weird. So fucking idiot. And then, so they start dropping the rods back in, and the indicator in the computer was basically saying, okay, yeah, they're all in. But if you physically looked at them, they were out still just a little bit. Oh, God. So they had lowered enough to trigger it to stop lowering for some fucking reason, but they were still out enough. It's because when, when they were setting their threshold of, like, all of them are in, the guy had already raised them up <laughs> an inch. And so that's what the system was seeing as zero. So, <laughs> so he, he see, he's like, okay, no, like, manually override this shit. We got to drop these in. One of the rods took 90 seconds to go back in all the way. God. It should take, like, two. <laughs> and I'm sure that, like, for that 90 seconds, he's like, why is this taking so long? And he's just got, like, a steel, like, mallet. Bah, bah, yeah, bah. just smashing it. <laughs> now, he, during this, this 90 seconds, he looks at the power levels. They were over Because the, the fucking, uh, you know, the test, uh -huh. everybody's distracted with dropping these back in so they're not monitoring the power levels as oh, well no. so he looks at them and he's he realizes every two seconds the power level is doubling <laughs> for the whole 90 seconds and oh beyond. god so they they bring the water cooling back they're like what the fuck this is shit oh shit <laughs> they, they bring the water cooling back oh i'm sure <laughs> but because it was so hot basically the water cooling got in contact instantly boiled Releasing steam, increasing pressure in the tubes, and the tubes burst. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So now there's no cooling. Oh, this is good. <laughs> they have basically a box fan. <laughs> Just point it at them. <laughs> no, they have one of those little, like, handheld fans yeah, that they used to give you with in a elementary bottle. school. <laughs> yeah, that has a... <laughs> Everybody, yeah. get your personal fans out. Yeah, so oh, the core starts melting, <laughs> like actually Jesus melting. Christ. The gases and radiation are being released, not just in the room, but just out into the atmosphere. Um, the fix, they fixed it. It didn't It didn't go completely critical. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't a full meltdown. They fixed it by dumping 1.1 million gallons of water into the reactor room. Probably fresh water, too. Oh, I'm sure. And it, it was... Uh, the radiation level was 10 kilocuries. So a curie, kilocurie is a thousand times more. Oh, okay. That's a fuckload yeah, that's of radiation. Jesus. So they dump it and it fills up the basement with water and it just, it's a fuck ton of water. They, they finally get it cooled down. They, the reaction stopped. The crisis averted. And they say, who the fuck's going to clean this up? I'm not. And the uh, the mayor of Flint, Michigan said, I'll take that water. <laughs> so they, it, it just turns out that the Navy was doing, running some operations in this area in Canada. And they, they volunteered the Navy boys to go <laughs> clean up the water. Christ. 150 of them, it took them weeks to do. One of those Navy personnel was Jimmy Carter. <laughs> The guy who became the president. Listen, if you want to Dodge Charger, you're going to fucking earn it. <laughs> <laughs> and the core, this is my favorite part. The core was so melted down and damaged that they couldn't use it anymore. So they took it out to the desert and buried it. And I've got no <laughs> idea go where. Yeah, all right. Let's do it. Yeah, but they just buried it. It didn't even say it was shielded. Oh, God. Of course not. Uh, now, Castle uh, 
Is it Castle Bravo? Yeah. Ooh. My handwriting shit. Castle Bravo was an operation in which the U.S. tested a bunch of thermonuclear weapons in in and about 1954. So this was like Bikini, the Bikini Atoll. No? One of the most famous nuclear tests, the largest U.S. nuclear thermonuclear test, nuclear Nuclear test. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear tests. Uh, no, not doesn't uh, ring a bell. Maybe. If I, I showed you the video, you would recognize it because it's sure used everywhere. I'm I'm also just really fucking just beat to shit today. Yeah. So. You're good. So they tested this, you know, humongous bomb. At the time, it was the largest nuclear weapon tested and dropped. Uh, yeah, they didn't really tell any of the people living on the islands. No. Why? That, hey, we're going to test this nuke. Somebody might try to get involved. Somebody might try to take on a custodial position and clean the fuel rods at the same time that they're running the test. <laughs> and you dump never, a bunch of silica packets into it. Never be too careful. So it took them three days after the bomb dropped to get evacuated. Oh, God. <laughs> Holy the Marshall shit. Islands specifically uh, got, I think, the the brunt of it. They, to this day, have a 60 times mortality rate from cervical cancer. Oh, God. Five times breast and GI cancer mortality rate. Uh, three times mortality rate for lung cancer. Male, four times Where for lung this? cancer. In the Marshall Islands. Oh, God. And the the rates of oral cancer is 10 times that of mainstream U.S. Jesus. And they, yeah, they didn't even get told, hey, we're dropping this horrible bomb, yeah. and it's not like we didn't know the effects of radiation at this point. Yeah. This was post-World War II. <laughs> definitely knew. We definitely fucking knew. Uh, it, it was pretty much because if they had said, oh, we're going to use this to test our bombs, uh, you have to leave, they would have had to pay them. <laughs> is that's my oh, theory yeah is uh because you're this is gonna this island is gonna be completely uninhabitable we're destroying this culture good oh luck lord and Holy shit yeah so that's super fun u.s is really good oh yeah they're really fucking honestly that island probably made up a religion about the u.s and they were like you know what let's just nuclear test it no they probably just uh, sold all the sand that turned into glass on the international market and made a fortune <laughs> Jesus Christ. So at, at this point, I was going to transition into human radia uh, radiation therapy tests, mm -hmm. where they, U.S. scientists, injected people from the age of 4 to 69 with just plutonium okay. directly into the veins. Yeah, totally fine. Um, I'm really interested in these human therapies, because one or uh, tests, not therapies. <laughs> Because the main scientist wrote a memo a couple years after they started basically saying, we need to stop because these people are, don't know what they're being injected with. And he said that it had a flare of the uh, – it felt like Buchenwald. It felt like Buchenwald. Let me see if I have the direct quote. <laughs> God, no. Yeah, since the experiments, as proposed, had a little of the Buchenwald touch, is what oh, he said. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> so, come on. So I'm going to do a whole episode on human radiation experiments because I found some from different countries, from the Soviets, from dude, you know, all over sure. the U.S. Um, yeah, they, in like the 50s, they would just inject people in the army with 
radiate with radiation with you know compounds and not tell them they say here's your vitamin boop remind me to talk to you about this after this episode or else this will turn into a two-hour long thing it was a conversation i had with my girlfriend a couple weeks ago about human testing and shit hell yeah how it's always uh, okay uh how it happens during wars because everyone turns their head oh yeah duh yeah oh yeah she, world she war didn't one. realize that. Yeah. Oh. I was telling her, I was like, yeah. Yeah. World shit war, goes everything. on behind the scenes because everybody's focused on the war. Yeah, exactly. So if 15 civilians end up killed, they're, they're a statistic yeah. and they're just, oh, they were killed in the bombing of the town or whatever, yeah. when in reality they were experimented upon. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, a, that's another topic entirely. Um, so instead of doing that, I'm going to move on to Kishtim, the Kishtim disaster. In September 29th, 1957, uh, I can't read my own you handwriting into this city. It. Just think of it as like another language. Deorsk. Sounded out. Deorsk <laughs> in, of the Soviet Union. <laughs> there was So there were these stainless steel tanks of high-level liquid nuclear waste. And they were just, they were just sitting there holding their shit. Uh, the cooling system broke on one of these tanks, and they just never bothered to repair it, which is the Soviet way. <laughs> it exploded. Oh, no. It was covered up until the 80s, <laughs> and it contaminated the air. It dumped directly into the main source of water for all of the villages they, in the area. They only found it in the 80s because they were being audited after fucking Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. It... They didn't evacuate the locals for two years. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 270,000 people were affected by this radiation because it just dumped into their main source of drinking water. Yeah. Just directly. And they weren't told about it. Of course. No, of course Why not. would they? Yeah. That might get out. <laughs> the the Americans might find out. Yeah. <laughs> um. My favorite type of nuclear incidents are those involving theft and i actually i'm gonna i'm gonna do one or two more and then i'm gonna go into the theft okay i'm, those are I'm my intrigued ones. i'm i'm intrigued on the theft so the bomark site incident was june 7th 1960 in new jersey ah uh. a helium tank exploded which led to a huge fire yeah, it, it took, sounds funny but it's yeah, not no there was <laughs> Oh, yeah, this was at a missile, like, what are those called? Not a test site, but, like, an actual missile site. Oh, like a missile storage facility, basically? No, like, like they're in the launchers, ready to go if oh, if Jesus Russia launches Christ. the nukes. Oh, well, I forgot God. what those are called. So yeah. it was at an actual missile base. Like an actual launch site. Yeah, not a test site, a launch yeah, site. Like a launch facility. So the tank Fuck. exploded. It burned for 30 minutes before anybody noticed. Oh, Jesus. And then... It took 15 hours to extinguish it, and in that 15 hours, about 300 grams of weapons-grade plutonium was burned and released oh, into the air no. or leaked into the ocean and local water system. Talk about greenhouse gases, am I right, baby? <laughs> yeah, so that's oh, that's phenomenal. Oh, that, dude. And 300 grams isn't a, like, that's not a ton, but if it's weapons-grade plutonium, <laughs> plutonium, that's a ton. That's where we have some issues. Yeah, that's a lot of radiation just slowly leaking out. <laughs> um, B-52 in 1961 in North Carolina was flying around 
Um, they, they weren't on a training mission. They had two nukes on board. Uh-huh. They went to refuel with a tanker in the air, and the tanker goes up. They connect. They're fueling. Functured it, didn't he? <laughs> well, <laughs> nobody knows exactly what happens, but it was basically reported oh. to the tanker, hey, we're seeing massive fuel loss out of our centrifuge on the left wing. <laughs> so the tanker goes, okay, peace, bitch. <laughs> and they fly away. The The military base that they come from basically said, okay, go fly over the ocean until you dump enough of the fuel. <laughs> Just so that you're not dumping it directly onto ah, cities. Yes. The ocean, the world's dumpster. Exactly. <laughs> it's better than dumping it on anywhere in North Carolina, I I guess. No, I mean... It's not true. I'd ocean... rather dump fuel on North Carolina than the ocean. <laughs> the ocean, San Francisco, same fucking thing. Exactly. <laughs> and they... So, you know, they go out to the ocean, the fuel's dropping, and then all of a sudden, like, all the fuel drops at once. And just... Poof, dumps a bunch of fuel and now they're like fuck we got to get back to the base fast because now we're floating over the ocean and we have zero fuel <laughs> and you have nukes on board and you have two <laughs> armed nuclear weapons on board so where you just hit your ejector seat and pray to god that you can get out of the blast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> hope the water yeah. if you see the explosion dive yeah uh so they're they're getting back to the base they see the base and they start losing control. So they say, okay, bail out. Uh, three of the crew ended up dying, one of them from bailing out. Um, the other one on landing, he I don't know, he must have just landed hard and tripped and died. The other one died for something else I don't even remember. <laughs> so, in fact, the cool thing is, you know the ball turrets on these old um, airplanes? Yeah. It's like on yeah. the top? It's like the little bubble. Yeah, one of the people who bailed out bailed out from a ball turret without an ejector seat. It's what? the only time it's ever been documented to be done. How? I have no idea. <laughs> but Jesus. Somehow he got out. So, you know, they, they land. The plane breaks up in the air. It's last visual sighted that it's fine. But there's no airplane <laughs> crash. So they're like, shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. This thing broke up in the air and scattered the bombs. <laughs> oh, fuck. In the activation that's of what we arming. Call, that's what we call in the business a cluster strike. <laughs> yeah. It, so there are four mechanisms uh-huh. to arming these specific nuclear weapons. Uh, both of the bombs had three of the four armed. Oh, no. They had parachutes deployed so that they could go directly where they were targeted they had, like, the engines are primed <laughs> on this fucking thing. Like, they came very close to just dropping two nukes on North oh Carolina. Oh, my God. And it, it wasn't reported in the news for, like, two decades how close they were to blowing up. And they just did it on their own. They just self-armed. Can you imagine? Fucking, this was 1969, you said? Uh, in 61. 61. <laughs> Fucking 15 years after the war, the U.S. nukes itself. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, would, I think it would be hilarious. Now. Oh, yeah. Now. Reading, yeah now. This far yeah. out. Yeah. I wasn't around in 61. I yeah, exactly. Shit. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it, it's so great. Basically, I cut out a lot of the stories because there, there are quite a few, like, you know, if you're in a business or a company and there's the same mistake being made over and over and over again, 
you go in and you fix what's causing that mistake. You research it and you figure it out. Apparently, the U.S. military never fucking learned that because, like, four planes broke up and dropped nukes on U.S. soil and almost blew us up. Like, these incidents... I, I tell you one thing about a fuel rod being taken out too far. It it's probably happened half a dozen times. times. Yeah. Um, the A-4 incident in 1965, it's an A-4E Skyhawk crashed into the sea near Japan off of an airplane car- uh, carrier, and it had a nuke on board. The plane, the pilot, and the nuke was never found, oh, even though they God. saw it go into the ocean. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Just deep sea mining and you fucking hit a nuke. <laughs> yeah, a fucking nuke, God. yeah. Uh, Columbus, Ohio, 1974. Arguably the worst place in the United States. Yes. Well, the world. Ohio, the world's <laughs> second best trash can. <laughs> yeah. Second only to the ocean. And San Francisco. Oh, and San Francisco, so third. But those are tied for first. Yeah, yeah. They're basically so, the same thing. An uncalibrated Cobalt 60 teletherapy machine was in use at a hospital. And they basically, because it was uncalibrated, they underestimated the dose rate by 45%. They ended up treating 426 patients for way longer than it needed to be (laughs) at almost 50% increased power. (laughs) Basically just shooting a plasma rifle at these people. (laughs) Yeah. Essentially. A fucking rail gun. Like, it doesn't normally feel like this. What the fuck? Your cancer's gone, but half of your body is also missing. Yeah. The Church Rock Uranium (laughs) Mill is the next one. In 1979, uh, we were actually at a vanadium mill just a couple of months ago. Oh. Um, So similar to where we went there. Okay. Uh, they stored all of their radioactive tailings in a pond behind a dam. Great. Okay. Why? Fantastic idea. Open air. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 dam was breached. A crack no. showed up. It led to the largest release of radioactive material in U.S. history, and the majority of it landed directly on Navajo Nation reservation land. Oh my because God. of course it fucking did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Welcome the to the U.S. Welcome to corporate U.S. Yeah. Yeah. God. So I I love that they weren't uh Holy they weren't shit. even fined. <laughs> I don't think they just had to help pay for the cleanup. But it's it was a super fun site. Yeah, and the dam was so made out the of government paid for it toothpicks. So yeah, exactly. They were like it was just oh, dirt well, sand. They offered to build it for the Navajo Nation. The the government was like yeah yeah we'll build this. And then immediately contracted out this fucking, like, uranium mining site. And let's put it as close to reservation land as possible. And you know what? Just toss it into the pond. Yeah. Who cares if it's connected to that dam? Yeah. It's nothing bad could ever happen here. it's a dam. We'll inspect it once a year. Yeah. (laughs) The Kramatorsk accident, uh, it was between 1980 and 1989. And then I immediately put an earlier date, 1970. <laughs> a radiation gauge was lost in a quarry. Okay. I guess they were, it was like a gravel quarry. They used radiation gauges to see, because they were also trying to get, you know, like uranium. Yeah. Um, 
So they lost them. Basically, somebody dropped it. They searched for it for a couple of days and were like, yeah, whatever. <sighs> Gravel in that quarry was used to make concrete for all of those, like, Eastern Bloc apartments. Oh, God. <clears throat> in 1980, in one of these newly constructed apartments, an 18-year-old woman just died out of nowhere. Couldn't really figure out why. And then went in for autopsy. Turns out she had, like, very aggressive leukemia. Oh. And like, okay, that's weird. 1982, her 16-year-old brother died. Leukemia. <laughs> Jesus. And then later that year, their mother died. Must be genetic. Leukemia. The doctor literally said, this is a hereditary issue. <laughs> oh my, fuck you, dude. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Get the fuck out of here. So a new family moved into that apartment. That, and it was a very, it was one apartment specifically. I think it was number 85. A new family moved in and a child dies of must aggressive been, leukemia. Must have been related. The father heard from other people in the apartment building that that's what the previous family had died from. He actually personally got a health physicist in. They tested for radiation and they found a just a raw cesium capsule in the concrete wall where their kid's bed was pushed up against it. Where the 18-year-old girl's room was that her brother then moved into. Oh, my God. It was from the radiation detector that they had dropped. Jesus They were able to verify Christ. it with the, the serial number that it oh was the one that they dropped God. in the quarry. So just somebody made concrete out of fucking gravel and were, just didn't didn't look to see if there was a, a an unshielded cesium capsule just <laughs> in the concrete. How? How do you fuck that up? It was just embedded in the wall. Like it's, in like, the concrete. it's like sticking halfway out. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. There's concrete. <laughs> the guy pouring it is like, hmm, ah, it's fine. It's fine. No biggie. Let's uh, just cover that up. It's probably uh, just a rock. Yeah. They, the government covered the fuck out of that. Well, of course they did. They covered it up until they found the cesium tablet. It was it was beautiful. Oh, my God. I've only got a handful left. So now, now we're into theft. And I love these. In <laughs> Summit Prakan province in Thailand... In the year 2000, you know, ancient history at this point, about January, <laughs> there was an insecurely stored, unlicensed cobalt-60 radiation source. Oh, Jesus. So probably in a hospital. Uh, because it's for cancer treatments. I made you look it up. A scrap metal collector, as they're so nicely called, a scrapper, <laughs> went into this abandoned building... And they dismantled it entirely and took the radiation source. Oh, um, no. Fucking the container way. of it. They were like, what is this thing? They brought it out to all their friends. They showed everybody, trying to get everybody's idea. What is this? They took it to a scrapyard. <laughs> and basically, they, they contaminated, like, or they exposed 1,872 people. <laughs> Oh my because there was just this hospital went abandoned <laughs> um the Good the original Lord. thieves got like really severe um radiation poisoning it's fantastic Jesus i Christ. honestly love it because they're like what is this thing let's open this up <laughs> it looks like a thermos <laughs> maybe there's something delicious inside <laughs> and they just instantly get headaches <laughs> their hands yeah. just start curling backwards 
And, oh, yeah. They took the cylinder apart and they ended up selling it in parts. Oh, my God. So no who knows who else what the was exposed fuck? to it? Like if it was melted down or oh, anything. Jesus. There just weren't the – there. Were, it just wasn't documented. Um, now we're at Ciudad Juarez incident. A medical company illegally purchased a radiation therapy unit. <laughs> and they're like, this is going to be great. Then they realized how much specialized, like, maintenance and training it required. So they're like, fuck this. We'll, let's just sell it. So just some dude in the company put it in the back of his truck and Ugh, drove it to a scrapyard. Just... On the way to the scrapyard, some of the Cobalt 60, like, granules got into his truck. Oh, Jesus. Like, into the truck bed. Okay. He That's sells good. it to the junkyard who... who uh, they used a lot of electromagnetic shit in their scrapyard. So the little tiny granules are just leaking out and oh, spreading all over their metal. It is... Just breaking it down into one metal. Efficiency. <laughs> exactly. They ended up making 6,000 tons of rebar that were contaminated oh, God. With, the, with the granules. It was used in 17 Mexican states and several U.S. cities. Including an apartment community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, and the truck ended up just from a couple grains of this shit. The truck broke down and never worked again. Like, Jesus. this was serious shit. Good Lord. Um, I love these so much. They're just like, let's just scrap this shit. Who gives a fuck? God, dude. Just like the the oversight with it all is so crazy it's to so me. so great. Uh Goiania, Goiania, I don't sure. know, 1987, a radiotherapy source was robbed from an abandoned hospital. Sounds familiar. <laughs> it was passed around to about 250 people, 249 specifically, were contaminated because they would, like, bring it to their contact's house, who's like, yeah, I'll buy this, exposing the entire family. And then they go and sell it to somebody else. And they go and sell it to somebody else. And it just created this chain. It's the fucking Mary Kay of <laughs> yeah. fucking radioactivity. South America. <laughs> oh, it, it is honestly fantastic. Uh, my last one that I've put down is the the Acer, Acerinox incident of 1998 in Spain. Uh, there was a cesium-137 uh, source. And, you know, at this point, it's 1998. Most scrapyards have methods to, to detect the radiation because of these previous events where they're melted down and they release these huge plumes of smoke full of radiation. <laughs> and it gets in the water and the plants and the animals and the animals eat the grass and then the meats are radiated and it just creates this chain reaction. So most of the scrapyards had the, this system in place to detect that. Okay. It made it through the monitoring equipment at this scrapyard. <laughs> of course it did. It probably wasn't even on. It was scrapped, it was melted, and it released a shitload of radiation well, yeah, they into the air in Spain. down. Yeah, and the just the melting down process just released oh my a shitload. God. It got into the ocean. It got into the local food supply, the local water supply. Oh, it's fantastic. Jesus. So basically what I've learned from this is <laughs> there is so much radiation 
everywhere. Everywhere that nobody talks about. We it are, could be in your walls. We are, yeah, well, yeah. It could be in the rebar in your fucking foundation. We are downwind from the incidents and the tests in Idaho, of which I only covered one. And there were plenty. Oh, and I mean all very the fucking early. testing in southern Utah that they did. Oh, yeah, in Nevada. Yeah, and and we we talked and about New that. Mexico yeah. and Mexico oh and Wyoming and Arizona. They yeah, we talked about that. The downwinders. Yeah. What uh-huh. was that? The destroyer of Saint George or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. But yeah, so I've got a lot of stuff coming up on this topic that I found, Jesus. like the uh, Russian scientist who, a particle physicist who built a particle accelerator for the soviets and somehow passed the particle through his own brain oh god so i'll talk about that human tests a bunch of shit coming up good lord but yeah that that's uh hey that i went a little longer than i expected but that's okay i cut out a lot like if you get like there's enough content out there that if you guys like this these style of incidents tell me and i'll do another episode i'll do a part two at some point oh so, yeah, that's super fun, if you didn't notice. Good lord. My mouth is all dry now. My headphones died. So. Oh, that's why you took them off. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting here, and all of a sudden, I just hear, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just suddenly quiet. Oh, so, Muffled. yeah. So. That's that's all, all I got for you. Good stuff. You got Patreon? Yeah, I got the Patreon. So, thank you all. Um, we packed up some shit. Yep. It's being sent out in the mail on the day this comes out. So, you know, expect some stuff unless you're out of the country. I have no idea how long it'll take. Yeah, true. So, you know, that's okay. Um, so patreon.com forward slash points of pressure. You guys let us keep doing this. You help pay for our hosting and stuff that we can mail out to you. And, you know, generally, you keep the lights on in the studio. I was thinking we should put together a wish list. Okay. That was just a thing that popped in my head. Fine by me. So, thank you to the chair people of the PP, Mini D. Donnell, and Nordic Thunder. Thank you so much. You are almost a board. Yeah. Once, once, you get, once we get one more, you will be the board of the yeah, PP. Yeah, you'll, you'll the board have members. us outnumbered. Yep. So... <laughs> I mean, we'll have to start listening to you. If you want us to become true crime, I can't say no because you're funding me. <laughs> so hopefully not. We'll see who the third is. So never mind. Uh, we're, uh, only, I mean, we're only allowing two, two chair yeah. people at a time. So. Yeah. You are now co-owners, actually, of the brand. So, And then, of course, the rest of our Patreons, patrons, I think it's called. Uh, we got Abby, AJ's Third Nut, Haley, Lindo, Toddle Waddle. Casey McFacey, Dark Runner, D's Nuts, and Lara Raveau. Uh, I did them in a different order this time. I got a little thrown off there, so thank <laughs> yeah. you for that. Did you forget anyone? <laughs> Let me scroll. Nope, we're good. We that are good. Thank you guys um, so, so yeah, much. Thank you guys so much for you know helping us out and letting us do this for, what, like three years now? Yeah, coming up on three years in September. Hell yeah. Who knew? Who'd have thunk? Uh, not bad. Oh, oh. Brief aside for those few of you who are still here at this point, uh, you are listening to the Rank 54 New Zealand uh, yeah, History Podcast. Right. Can't forget about that. Popped up about a week ago that we 
we charted in New Zealand. So that was five. Anybody who's five listeners in New Zealand. Hell yeah. Know, getting worldwide if we get a few more it'll it'll pop up oh so there was another country change change your vpns now yeah <laughs> there was another there was another country that was really picking up i don't remember what it was though i think it was germany i don't know i haven't looked at it yeah. in a while so you know it's actually pretty dang cool that yeah we're getting people in other parts of the world listening seriously and uh thank you to everybody for suggestions or Whatever. If you have anything to suggest, books, movies, TV shows, episode ideas, articles, fucking anything, by all means, reach out to us on, uh, <clears throat> I almost said Patreon, which you're welcome to do there. I think you just might have to pay first. Um, <laughs> but reach out on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure, and we'll catch you guys next Monday. <laughs>